This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're continuing on with our 25 years series as we look back at the Ravens' first 25 years. Some great history there, some things we really don't want to forget, some things we're going to have a lot of fun remembering. And today to join me uh, uh, with just a great topic is Greg Luke. Greg, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks, Ken. So, Greg, I appreciate being out to your house a couple times in the distant past. Uh, you uh, have a, a really nice swimming pool in your backyard in Westminster, I remember, and it was out near camp at 
like maybe the first time I went, maybe not, maybe not quite. It would have been close. We, yeah, we used to do a Saturday Ravens party, usually the second Saturday at camp when it was out here. If you remember, Billick used to have the simulated games on those Saturday mornings and then folks would come over afterwards, swim and cook out. It was a great time. And I'm still mad that they've moved to training camp away from here. So. Yeah, it was a little bit of a bummer. I remember the, t- the, the time I went out there and I, I went to your house afterwards uh, was the time that uh, there was a 15-yard flag thrown on Tony Siracusa for locking the tight ends in their room. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, anyway, it was great when camp was here. The, it was uh, the jokes and all that stuff they would play on each other was uh, uh, a fun thing. Yeah, all, all kinds of fun. So, Greg, we, we, you have a great topic for us today. I really appreciate you doing some research on this and really coming to us with with, with a, a nice topic to discuss. But you, I, I'll let you describe it. I don't even want to do it for you. <laughs> well, it's uh, moves the organization wanted to make but fell apart for whatever reason, and we ended up having to go with the second option. And looking back, you go, thank God that fell apart. Uh, it's not where there was disagreements like uh, with uh, Lawrence Phillips and J.O. as the first draft pick. That was just a good decision made by Ozzy. But moves that we were as an organization ready to make and then for whatever reason didn't work out and the fallback was a blessing to us. Okay, so it's a great topic. It does narrow the field a little bit, which is what we like on this show. As a as a narrower topic, we can get into depth. What's the first of those transactions you want to talk about? Well, I'll I'll go in um, uh, time order. The first first one would be Michael McCrary in nineteen ninety seven. When we signed McCrary, he was actually our fallback from a guy whose name probably is not going to be known by anybody listening, unless you're really, really a football nerd. And that's uh, Michael Bankston. He was a defensive end for the Cardinals, and uh, we were trying to sign him. Couldn't because he wanted a little too much money, and we ended up signing McCrary with the money that we wanted to sign Bankston for. And if I just mentioned those two names, it's a no-brainer now. But back then, uh, Bankston was their their first pick. And Modell was even a little upset that they didn't sign him. Yeah. Modell had a few things where, where he was on the other side of the organizational decision. Certainly, I know he liked Chris Barnes a little more. Michael Bankston, a guy who had had 16 and a half sacks in six years with Arizona, really known as an interior defensive lineman more than a guy who would play the edge of a 4-3, the defensive end in a 4-3, more of a 5-tech yeah. defensive end. And that's also key because... Uh, we were going to go to a 3-4 if we signed Bankston, but we with McCrary at defensive end, we went 4-3. And uh, we were pursuing Syracuse at the same time as McCrary and signed him shortly there later. But we ended up, uh, since we needed two defensive tackles, uh, signed Sam Adams uh, the year 2000, which yeah. big difference maker as well. Yeah, two years later, and, and Adams became really a three-down inside linebacker. Played about 63% of the snaps in that 2000 year. Uh, outstanding player, obviously. I, I think a lot of people have forgotten Sam Adams. Nobody, nobody who watched that 2000 season. But I think a lot of people since, you know, picked, who became a Ravens fan in 2006, 2008, they know the Harbaugh years, but they, they don't know who Sam Adams is. It's kind of sad that the old guys like you and me are some of the only ones who remember a player like that. And 
the impressive thing is, is that we think of McCrary with his sack numbers, and the man was relentless on no knees. But if Sam Adams isn't there pushing the middle of that pocket, that pass rush isn't nearly what it was, even though he didn't rack up the sacks. He, he pushed a lot of the, the pile back so that the ends could get him. Yeah, he, he was a, a devastating first step force on the inside who drew double teams all the time. And I've watched a lot of the 2000 video. It's something I, I watch, you know, from time to time just to cheer myself up. Sure. The Ravens not having that great a season this year, despite the record. I'm happy to be watching the end of the, the, the 2000 season right now. And and uh, watching Sam Adams, you know, his get off at the last scrimmage is something really special. So, yeah, well, that's a that's a good one. They said McCurry and Adams essentially came from not signing Michael Banks. Yes, and uh, Adams is a great pairing with Siragusa, who was more of a tie the line up uh, run defender, and and as you mentioned, Adams pushing the pocket, uh, great first step, making the uh, offense react to him. So uh, let's go to number two. Uh, number two was. A trade with the Vikings to get uh, Byron Levitt, who, uh, when the Vikings uh, let the clock ran out, the Jaguars picking behind them ran up and put Leftwich's name in, so we couldn't get him. Then the next picks happened really quickly, and we're sitting there at ten, and Suggs is uh, the 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 pick we make because he's the best player available. Uh, there's no way in. Anybody who knows anything about the NFL would take Byron Leftwich over uh, Terrell <laughs> Suggs. And uh, so that was a, just a great blessing for us that, that it fell the way it did. So kind of a four-player stretch there. So uh, Byron Leftwich got taken at number seven by the Jags. The Panthers kept their spot at number eight, so they were they were able to – Take Jordan Gross, who ended up being a near Hall of Fame, yeah. you know, a left tackle in, in his career, might even make it. Um, then at number nine, Kevin Williams, terrific defensive lineman for the Vikings. There was a lot of talk about do they have to pay him as if this is a seven pick or the nine pick just because the Vikings fumbled it and let two guys get in front of them, two teams get in front of them. And, uh, and it, but he was a great pick. He, he ended up being a fantastic pick. And then still, Sutton <laughs> left, who's the best of those four players, uh, still at number 10. Best. One by per f- football reference in that draft, uh, even ahead of Carson Palmer. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, I was looking at those picks that fell in there because of that and was wondering how good those players uh, were. And it turns out they're two very good ones ahead of Sugg oh, as yeah. well. So uh, any one of them would have been a good pick, but um, that it was Suggs who's uh, just been a, was a monster for us for so many years. Uh, was, you know, just really good luck. And uh, the funny thing is is that uh, Shaq Harris was the uh, person selected for the Jags and, and ran up to get, well, he didn't run up, but he sent the name in, left which they grab him. But Del Rio, the coach, he wanted Suggs and was unhappy that we that, that they passed on Suggs to take left which. So uh, we probably should write a check to uh, Shaq Harris for doing that. <laughs> The only the only other player in that uh, in that first round that I think I would take, and I know at the Pro Football Reference AV numbers, I wouldn't completely buy that. But the other guy was Troy Polamalu, who came in at number sixteen in that draft, who would have been a, a fine value at that pick too. Uh, yes, and I'm I'm not the uh, 
expert that a lot of folks are, so I depend on numbers from websites like reference, just as a gauge. I know they're not the be-all, end-all, uh, but, uh, you know, the eye test that they said was uh, better than, uh, you know, Carson Palmer probably would have been a great pick for us. We never had a shot at him, but out of that draft, uh, probably the only guy I would take out of that draft ever sucks, even Palomalo. Yeah, so if you, if you had Palmer, then you wouldn't have had to go through the bowler mess. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be something. Well, if yeah. we if if we had Palmer, uh, two thousand six probably turns out a whole lot better than it than it did. Uh, sure, and, and a number of those teams. Yeah, and, and it's important for people to realize that when you draft players, it's that first contract value that you really are getting. You don't the, the 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 market value you have to pay after that. There's some market frictions which help you get a player a little bit cheaper. The franchise tag and the fifth year option and the you know the hometown discount you might get from the player. But basically, you, you got to get what value you're going to get out of a draft pick in those first four or five years for however long you control them initially. It, it you know this comes up uh, you know in in discussions a lot of people wanting to go out and sign this guy or mm-hmm. that guy or trade a draft pick for him and and they don't realize that you're yeah. you're not just trading that draft pick that player away but you're trading the four or five years of value uh, yeah. and you're giving top money to an, the guy you're getting when you could assign maybe two or three middling guys like Tyus Bowers who you know uh, guys that are paying five, six, seven million dollars a year. Um, those guys have to be on your team, or you're not going to win a championship. And to throw away two or three of those guys plus the the rookie contract, uh, this is not on the top of we're here for. But uh, I, people get enamored by big big names and don't think about the whole. It's it's you don't even live on Twitter the way I do. I always have my tweet deck up and I, and and I'm I'm looking at it from time to time. But any big name receiver comes on the market and my head goes into my palm like this. I just I know there's going to be a stream of you know comments about we should we should give him a try. Yeah, kind of uh, well I'm mainly on the RSR boards and whenever anybody lets go uh, gets comes off a team, you know he's should we consider and yeah. uh, every once in a while. I'll I'll start a third that said, should we consider? And then I'll, you know, say the Vikings <laughs> cut uh, their ball guy and he looked pretty good there. It's like anybody who's cut, who's got a name, we want to look at him. Yeah. All right. So that's two, that's two really good ones to start. I'm guess I guess I know your third one, but go ahead. Yeah. It's um, uh, Jason Garrett saying, no, thank you. Uh, to Bishotti and us going to the fallback of Harbaugh. Um, I don't think anybody in football would change Harbaugh for Garrett. Uh, Harbaugh, just a great leader of men. Uh, Garrett may be a very good offensive coordinator, although in New York it didn't work out, but that may be more uh, talent than, than Garrett. But, um, you know, Harbaugh has proven to be a good leader good team leader, uh, whatever else he has going for him, his teams rarely quit. And uh, just, you know, again, looking back, there's no way you take uh, Garrett over Harbaugh. But one one side note would be that, of course, we drafted Flacco that year. And I was wondering, would how would Flacco have been better with Garrett as a head coach? Um, 
I, I don't think so. Uh, Flacco's uh, weakness seemed to be that if it wasn't really an important moment, he wasn't into it. And I'm a huge Flacco mm-hmm. fan, but it's when the pressure got dialed up that he performed. But if you're playing the Jets on the you know fifth game of the year, it, you, you, who knows what you'd get. It was it's an interesting take on Flacco. I thought, you know, Kubiak is the coach who might have been perfect for him because a lot of the things he did to scheme for play action really worked with him. But that whole series of offensive coordinators Joe had early in his career when he was developing, it didn't really do him any favors. And and it was Cam Cameron wasn't the best for him, but Mark Tressman wasn't the best sure. for him. And, and Hugh Jackson wasn't necessarily the best for him. Just a bunch of guys that didn't really – uh, mesh with him exactly. By the end of the Cameron era, he was, they were at each other. I mean, you know, you, you hear salty comments being made by Flacco about him. Kubiak was the guy. And in 2014, the Ravens had their last real chance under Flacco to be a Super Bowl team. Uh, they fell victim to the Deflate Gate Patriots in a game they lost two 14 point leads on, but Flacco still played quite well. Uh, that was uh, that was Flacco's best chance, I thought, with Kubiak to get it done. Uh, yeah, and whether Garrett would have gotten that out uh, is debatable. Uh, the yeah. funny thing on Kubiak was uh, when he first came here, I was looking through my binoculars from our seats, and my wife goes, What are you looking at? And I said, Gary Kubiak. <laughs> Because uh-huh. I just had a feeling he was going to do something special with Flacco. <laughs> uh, the other thing I want to mention about the Harbaugh-Garrett difference, which is something we've really seen over the years, is how much Harbaugh has evolved of a, as a coach. And, I, you know, we probably saw some of that from Garrett. I haven't really been watching his career nearly as closely, obviously. But usually coaches get fired because their message is stale and this and that. And they, they're, they're not evolving as quickly as the game is and, and they can't adapt. That's one of the things I would really point to Harbaugh as doing quite well. And, you, you know, you look at a lot of the math of football. I, they call it analytics. I really hate that. But it's the math of football. It's the, it's the probability and decision tree stuff that comes along. And he's, he's adapted very well to that. He's always surrounded himself by people who are very smart. He's got Daniel Stern now. He, before he had Matt Weiss, who was, a, who was a econ guy who was effectively started, I think, as his secretary or assistant. And he and had all kinds of coaching positions with the Ravens. Now he's a quarterback coach at Michigan. Uh, but but he had math guys basically around him, and and I you know being an actuary myself, I really respect that about how he was able to evolve as a coach, and you can see it in his decision making over the years, leading up to fourth and two just recently against the uh, against the Browns when you know it's it's three eleven of the first quarter, fourth and two from his own thirty something, he's going for it, and, and uh, you know you just you, you would never have seen that from two thousand eight Harbaugh. No, and I. As a fan in 2008, I probably would have said, what the heck are you doing? But he's yeah. he's won me over to the point where I'm going to, you know, it's going to work out most of the time and over a 17-game season now. Uh, he's going to win more than he's going to lose in those, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a net win advantage at the end, end of the season. Yeah, let, me, let me ask you something, Greg, because you, I know you, don't, you haven't calculated this, but what do you think the break-even probability of success was on that play? Meaning, and I'll define this for the folks out there because I understand you probably understand that comment. Um, what is the probability he needs to succeed to make it a neutral decision in that situation on fourth and two for his own 30-something? Uh, 
first quarter like that. I, I'm going to say 65 70%. But to be fair, I may be recalling that from your By the Numbers podcast or the Offensive Review. So You're, you're listening well. Unfortunately, it's only 35%. Wow. Yeah, we did have it on the By the Numbers podcast, though. I just reversed uh, it. Yeah. So it's, but it's, it's, it, it tells me right there that's a great gamble of going fourth and two. I mean, fourth and two for a two-point conversion where you're playing with much less field, you, you would think 50%. But when you have the whole field to play with, the chance of the Browns screwing up and giving it to you the way they did, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you just had a lot of, a lot of ch- hope for success there. A classic Browns uh, uh segment there for them where they uh, just yeah. they find a way to do the dumbest things how how can yeah. you have 12 men on the field after a timeout because you had 12 men on the field yes exactly were you at the game Did no you, I, to- I saw my PSL a few years ago because I'm, I'm just getting too old for the whole tailgating day experience but um, I I probably would have fell out of my seat laughing yeah. uh, just amazing so Maureen, my wife, watches for 12 men on the field like an absolute hawk. First of all, she's she's writing down our secondary every play on, on defense. But this wasn't a defensive play. Obviously, this was an offensive play. And they made a two-for-one substitution to get 12 men on the field. That was when Ricard first went into the game. Then they kept Ricard in the game. They'd already corrected to 11 men. And they made another two-for-one substitution that they didn't even catch on the on the, um, on the broadcast video. Yeah. But uh, but it was it was very funny to watch. It's and it's just so Browns. Uh, even <laughs> when they seem like they're competent, they step in a pothole like that. And uh, you know, it, the one thing that always comes back to me for the Browns is the uh, kick six to lose a game yes. to us. I mean, who else would that happen to but the Browns <laughs> or maybe the Lions? Yeah, there you go. All right, so we could, we've hit on three, and I know you have five here. What's number four? Uh, four. Actually, I only had four. Um, I think you had the fifth one. That's all right. Okay, sure. Uh, was the Terrell Owens trade? We uh, we traded for Terrell Owens, a second round pick, to the 49ers, and there was a dispute over his contract and how it was to end. His agent didn't submit the paperwork on time to void the last year, so he was still a 49er. They traded him to us. He disputed that. Then after a couple of weeks of negotiating, uh, the 49ers traded him to the Eagles. We got our second round back, and the Eagles gave us a fifth-round pick for their trouble. Um and the, the upside to not having Owens is we didn't have the headache that was Terrell Owens. The downside is we didn't have the talent that was Terrell Owens. And we ended up with uh, Dwan Edwards. And um, I have to go back to my notes. Roderick Green. That's Roderick Green. Uh, so that was one that didn't work out to our favor, certainly from a talent aspect. You wonder how he would have uh, how could Billick have handled him? Could the Ray Lewis locker room have handled Owens? Um, how happy would he have been with a bowler throwing in the ball? Uh, but certainly he was a wild card. Um, so that's more of a neutral one for me. It's hard to figure out if that was better or not. If, if I could go back, I would probably take Owens. 
Okay, I, I'll, I'll take the other side just for the good, the good of the show here. Sure. And my reasoning would be that just what you gave earlier about every free agent receiver that's out there, that you end up paying them top of the market money. You got a huge contract from Philly, by the yeah. way, within a day or two of being signed by them. And, and I don't think that's the kind of contract that would have really done the Ravens good in an era where they had a lot of high-priced defensive stars and, uh, you know, Lewis and Reed they had to pay uh, and, uh, uh, you know, eventually – yeah, I, th- I think Owen's got seven years, forty nine million, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. from looking at that, uh, which it sounds like nothing now. But right. of course, then that's a huge deal. And if it prevents you from re-signing Ray Lewis or Ed Reed, uh, then this is a horrible, uh, mm-hmm. this, you know, trade. All right. You had, you had one more in those we talked about, and that was the, the Juju Smith-Schuster oh, yeah. Sammy Watkins arrangement. So this is just this offseason, of course. Juju Smith-Schuster is available. And, and we we had, were negotiating with him, had uh, made an offer of about $8 million a year from the reports, and he goes back to Pittsburgh and signs for less, essentially, a one-year deal. But as you pointed out to me before we started recording, the uh, he's got really five years, uh, right. of four of which are voidable so they could fit it under their cap. And, of course, that works out well for us because uh, he, the Steelers now have uh, 7 or $8 million of cap money coming up that they're not going to have a player playing for. So that, that's, that's exactly it. And they, they made a win-now move to get Juju Smith-Schuster in a lose-now season. Exactly. I, and, I, you could <laughs> see Roethlisberger couldn't throw for 16 games last year. How's he going to do with 17? And then the postseason, if you're actually winning, mm-hmm. um, I just, you, you know, if Steve McNair, maybe not quite as bad, but Steve McNair here in 2006, yeah. why you could watch the downfield targets go from 30 yards to 20 yards yeah. and, and there's just nothing left in that arm anymore. Yeah, that's that's a that's probably the best metaphor or best uh, analogy on the Ravens. Absolutely terrific topic, Greg. I, I I really appreciate you bringing this to me. This is this is just the kind of thing we want on this show. If you're out there and you're thinking about what what do we do for a 25 years episode, th- just think about just this. What Greg did here. This is this is perfect. It's narrow enough. We can discuss it in about 20 25 minutes, and we still still get into some interesting depth and there's some good storytelling. Uh, Greg, where can people talk football with you? I'm on the RSR boards, uh, Russell Street Report. Uh, I'm Greg, G-R-E-G. And I talk football, but mainly I defer to other people because as I get older, I realize I knew less than I thought I did, (laughs) especially when it comes to somebody like football. And uh, I defer to somebody like you. I enjoy your podcast. You are... uh, on podcasts, what Ron Jaworski used to be to me, and I love to break down a film and the analysis, and I wish there was a lot more of that on, on TV. And if the Ravens want to have a good um, a good show to add to their lineup, I would put you on there to do four 15-minute segments, two on the last week in offense, defense, and two coming up, much like you do with your podcasts with the offense and defense review and then to know your foe it's oh well, thank you oh it's 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 good stuff and it helps prepare you as a fan to know what to look for in the upcoming game 
All right. Well, really appreciate that. Uh, I mentioned folks out there to hit me up with a 25 years idea in Twitter, just a direct message. All direct messages are open. So just hit me up with that. Uh, Greg, thanks again so much for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Ken. And thanks for all your hard work. We'll talk to you next time all right. on Film Study. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.